Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. Hey, welcome back to our conversations on the church. If you're new on the scene, be sure to check out our last two episodes on the global church with Gloria Furman and the local church with Susan Hunt. Now that we've laid the foundation on what the church actually is, we figured we'd better offer some insight on how you can find a healthy local church to be a part of. Today, I'm chatting with Dr. Mark Dever, the senior pastor of Capitol Hill Baptist Church and the president of Nine Marks, a ministry to churches and church leaders. Whether you're on the hunt for a church or if you're already involved somewhere, we think you'll walk away encouraged to follow Jesus with his people for his glory. He said, You you need to assume that Christ loves his church. When we see in First Corinthians, we see Ephesians, we see in Romans, he mentions gifts that he gives his church. Mm-hmm. He gives those gifts exactly because he loves the sheep for whom he died. He wants to see them built up. So he gives elders and teachers to churches exactly to bless people. So I think there's there's no reason you would try to live the Christian life apart from the blessing of Christian teaching by the very people that God, by his spirit, has given to teach his people. So you just you wouldn't want to do that. You'd you'd want to go to a place where there is the evident work of God's Spirit, mm-hmm. giving gifts of people who understand the word well and can teach it well, and that encourages you in your own walk with the Lord. Now, on to my conversation with Dr. Mark Dever on the topic of finding a healthy church. Pastor Mark, thank you so much for joining us on the Journey Women podcast. I imagine many of our listeners have connected with you and your work via Nine Marks. Um, They may be members of a Nine Marks church, and then some probably do not know you. So I would love for you to just describe who you are and a little bit about what you do. Well, member Hunter, it's good to be here with you. (laughs) Uh, For 25 years now, I have been the pastor of the Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., right behind the Supreme Court. I'm really uh, from uh, rural Kentucky. I have a wife, two grown children, both of whom are married. And uh, we started a ministry about 20 years ago called Nine Marks, named after a book I'd written called Nine Marks of a Healthy Church, Mm -hmm. which is really aimed at pastors and church leaders trying to help them think about what the Bible teaches about the local church. Because honestly, seminaries don't teach a lot about that. Yeah, I think that's amazing. 25 years is a long time to pastor a church, right? It's good that I can still hear you, isn't it? (laughs) My grandfather was a Southern Baptist pastor, and he did not stay in one spot for quite so long. Are you implying I'm old enough to be your grandfather? (laughs) All right, keep going. Oh, man. Okay, so could you tell us, just kind of break it down, like what actually distinguishes and marks a church, and maybe what are some of the characteristics of a healthy church, as you mentioned? 
Well, I think there are, are loads of different things we could mention, but the nine that I've written about in the book, Nine Marks of Healthy Church, are the right preaching of the Word of God, so expositional preaching, biblical theology, a biblical understanding of the gospel, of conversion, of evangelism, of membership, of leadership, of church discipline, and of discipleship and growth. Mm-hmm. I think membership and things like that, even just like regular attendance of a local church is something that can be a little bit foreign. Why is it important that we consider becoming members of a local church and that as we look to do so, that that church is actually healthy? I don't think Jesus intended us to follow him alone. Uh, I think he intended us to follow him with his people. And that's always going to be people that we see and actually know, not just kind of imaginary people. Now, if, if you're on a sub for six months, you, you do what you have to do. That's an, that's an interesting and emergency kind of situation. But generally, Christians are going to live in places where they can assemble with other Christians regularly for the right preaching of God's Word and the right administration of baptism and the Lord's Supper. Uh, when you look at Jesus' own teaching, he told his disciples that last evening with him in John 13, 34, and 35, that this is how the world would know that we are his disciples mm-hmm. by the love we have for one another. Not so much by the love we have for them, even, the outsiders, but for the love we have for one another, because that's going to resemble and show and display the love that God has had for us. So the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, almost all of those different aspects or characteristics are things you wouldn't see if you were alone on a desert island. They're things you see in relationship with other people. Well, the local church is the place that's that's supposed to sort of capture all that and display it for the world to see. You know, I think some people would say, well, I'm experiencing that with believers, like people that I live near, like we live on post here in this like military community. So there, there are other believers that aren't a part of the local church that Brooks, my husband and I are a member of. Like, why is it important that we do that in the context of a church body and not just like with other believers that we're interfacing with maybe on a regular basis just due to proximity and things like that? Well, you certainly should be kind and show all the fruit of the Spirit to all the believers that you're around, and you can pray with them. But you don't have a a relationship with them where you have agreed to make sure the Word of God is preached, where you've agreed to baptize and have the Lord's Supper, where you're taking responsibility to do that, not just with your friends, but with people who are Christ's friends. So it's not just a matter of an extended series of friendships you happen to have, but rather a local church is there for people who are in the military, and people who aren't in the military, uh-huh. uh, people who are married and people who are single, people who are younger and people who are older. The local church is built around Jesus. He's the one who thought it up. It's his idea. Matthew 16, you know, he said that he would build his church upon people like Peter who confessed him as the Messiah. Matthew 18, he said, if your brother sins against you and doesn't repent, you're supposed to tell it to the church. And if he doesn't listen to the church, then you treat him like an unbeliever or a tax collector. Well, you can't do that with just a series of friends. That, that's what the local church is there for. And the rest of the New Testament talks about uh, Paul and the other apostles in the book of Acts setting up churches. And then what do they do in the rest of the New Testament? They write letters to these churches. Jesus even writes letters to seven of the churches in Revelation 2 and 3. So it, for some reason, church seemed really, really prominent to Jesus and the disciples, uh, even if it doesn't seem as prominent to American evangelicals today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if we were going to take just one of those nine marks of the church that you mentioned, what do you think is the most important mark that we should consider? I would grab expositional preaching. 
Could you describe it just in case there's anybody listening who hasn't ever heard of that before? Yeah, just from the word expose, uh, you expose God's word to God's people. You make the point of the passage of the Bible you're preaching the point of your message. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the Word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving Word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. Okay. Why is it important? Because all of the fake gods don't know the future and they don't really talk the truth. The real God knows the future and he speaks the truth. Mm -hmm. And he has revealed himself through his word. It's very interesting. Jesus did not teach his disciples to draw or sketch or sculpt. He did give them his spirit to write books. Mm Mm-hmm. So it seems that God distinguishes himself from the fako idols by the fact that he talks. Fat and happy Buddha, you can rub a a statue of his stomach, but he can't say anything to you outside of your own mind. God is real. He exists, and he's inspired by his spirit, his word. So if we ever become Christians and are forgiven of our sins, it's only because we've heard something from God, because we've heard something from God him, and particularly the message about Jesus Christ. And it's our, as we respond to that, that our, we have the relationship with God that we have of love and forgiveness. So the whole way we relate to God is, is renewed and begins with his word. So if we're going to keep growing as Christians, it has to be by him speaking his word. And he also gives people particularly to teach his word and gives us the context to understand his word, which is the local church. Mm-hmm. So by the word, through the power of the gospel, like, how does the gospel undergird healthy churches? Like, how is it a part of the fabric and the very being of the church? Well, un- unhealthy churches will be built around something other than the gospel. Uh, unhealthy churches will be built around cultural agreements, hmm. around uh, an extended family that's been there forever so long, and uh-huh. churches related to this family, or they've always done things a certain way. Hmm. Healthy churches are built around the good news of Jesus Christ, and they are going out to everybody who's made in the image of God, which is everybody, uh, especially those who can speak the same language that they speak, because they have to be able to be understood. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What would it look like for the gospel just to be a part of, like you say, a biblical understanding of the gospel? That's one of the key things. Like, How is that fleshed out just practically? Like, If you're attending a church as a guest, where might you see this Like, in the context of the worship service? How might you get a feel for, like, is this church really, do they have a biblical understanding of the gospel? That's a great question. Uh, You should hear the gospel actually articulated, the good news of a holy God uh, who made all of us, 
uh, all of us, men and women, being made in the image of God, mm-hmm. all of us being sinful. Uh, in Adam and Eve, our first parents, we've sinned, and we've confirmed that and ratified that in our own life experience. We've rebelled against God. Because God is good, uh, we're in trouble. Uh, but God, in his great love, has sent his only son to be incarnate as a man. So he's fully God, fully man, truly God, truly man, mm-hmm. lived a perfect life, Jesus Christ. Uh, trusting his heavenly father perfectly, died on the cross, not because he needed to die himself, because he was without sin, but in order to be a substitute, a sacrifice for all of us who would turn and trust in him for our sins. God raised him from the dead. We know from Romans 4, then that's how we know that we're justified uh, because we've been we've been set right because of that resurrection. We know God accepted the sacrifice. Christ ascended to heaven. We presented the sacrifice to his heavenly father. And that's the good news that we give, then, that we can be forgiven of our sins if we rely on, if we trust in the Savior. So if we're at church, visiting a church, we want to hear that message in the sermon. We want to hear that reflected in the songs and hymns that are sung. We want to hear it reflected on the Bible passages that are read, in the way the person introduces the Bible passages, in the way they pray. We want to see the people of God as people who have in common not necessarily they're they all like you know the second amendment or they all uh, are dutch or they all are uh you know republicans or democrats uh-huh. or they all are you know whatever they're, they're all our students uh we want to make sure that they all love this gospel and apart from that we can have a lot of things that are not in common mm, that is so true in fact i think i might interface this people more different than me at church, like more than any other place, maybe because of our like position in the military. But um, I think that's so good for my heart. That's like really helped me to see a lot of my own warts and the ugliness <laughs> that uh, exists in me. And that's just been such a key part of my own sanctification process, which um, I also want to tell you that when I was in college, I had a wonderful, wonderful mentor couple, and they gifted me um, actually a set of your books, the Old Testament, the message of the Old Testament, <laughs> and the message of the New Testament. And it was so key for me in developing, this was over a decade ago, um, in developing just my understanding that like this message of the gospel that we're talking about is it's the pinnacle of scripture. Like Practically, when we are visiting other churches and things like that, what are some other things to be aware of and to look for? Like you're um, mentioning that we should um, look for this common affection for the gospel. Like what other things should we consider? Well, Hunter, first of all, I just want to agree with what you were saying about how at your local church, you feel pushed to love people in a way that you don't say even among your series of friends. And that makes entire sense. And it shows one of the reasons why us just having Christian friends is not a substitute for the local church. Right. Because the local church is where God sends all those people that we might find as awkward to love as they find to love us. Right, right. And we don't tend to do that with our own friendships in the same way. And we certainly don't do that online either, do we? I mean, I know you said technology isn't like your favorite thing, but we're not going to follow somebody unless we have an affinity for them. Yeah, yeah. So the things you look for when you visit a church, I think you want to look for a, a sermon being given a prominent place being given enough time, you you want to be from the Bible, you want true things to be said, you want the person who's preaching it to seem to understand the Bible and the point of the Bible, what's being said in the Bible, and you especially want them to be clear on the gospel, what is the good news of Jesus Christ. You want to be clear on what it means to be a Christian. So at our services, we always say at the beginning, 
If you're here and you're visiting today, please, if nothing else, make sure you understand what it would mean for you to follow Jesus Christ. Mm. Listen to the hymns, the prayers, uh, the songs, the, the scripture readings, the sermon. See what it means to be a Christian. So you want to you want to find a clear emphasis on that. Uh, you want to find uh, preferably people who are kind and open who will talk to you. And that doesn't always happen at our church because it's a large church, and mm-hmm. you know often we've got either some of our less talkative people or visitors sitting next to visitors. So you know you can't control it, but that's the kind of thing you want to look for. Is there anything to be aware of? Like if you went into a church and you're sitting in the service that just would be kind of a red flag for you? Well, I've got a lot of red flags, but those might just be personal. So, I, um, uh, yeah, I mean, again, just the opposite of what I was just saying. So if there's no time for a sermon mm-hmm. or if the sermon is not biblical or it's very light or if there is uh, if, if, if everybody there looks like they're all the same in an earthly sense, mm-hmm. you know, everybody there is, you know, uh, in their 70s and white, uh, you know, and yeah, I would just wonder, okay, what else is going on here mm-hmm. that, that shapes this community to be so unusually homogeneous? Mm-hmm. So if somebody's listening and they're thinking, hmm, I'm not really quite sure that my church would be considered healthy. What encouragement do you have for them, particularly if they're already a member of the church? Well, I would tell them to just read through their New Testament and start to see what things they see in the New Testament the local church should be like and make a list and start praying about those things for their local church. That sounds pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. <laughs> That's it. Just start praying for it. And, and as far as like talking to leadership or considering like transferring membership or something like that, like, does it just depend on the situation or what, would, what kind of what do you have there? It depends on the situation. I wrote a little book called What is a Healthy Church? Uh-huh. It's a kind of shorter version of Nine Marks. You can get a copy of that and read it. I have a couple pages in there on how to know when to leave a church. Um, but like you say, it, there's a lot of individual factors in that that I'd be loath to give much advice to in a format like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that the book was intended for pastors, like you said, but Nine Marks of a Healthy Church is just excellent. And man, I just tweeted out some just some thoughts on, you know, the word and how the word is like not just life giving, but how it like changes us and sanctifies us as believers. So I highly recommend it, even though all of us listening are not pastors. So yeah. If we don't have any other options, say we're in a situation where, you know, we have a lot of expat listeners, like I described, or a lot of missionaries, um, a lot of people who are in the military, maybe some of them are stationed overseas or, you know, Oconus, like they're just in a, in a spot where it's hard. It's really tough to find a local church. What are some ways that we can be healthy members of a church that isn't as healthy as maybe we'd hope for it to be? Well, that's a bit of a spectrum. It decides on how unhealthy it is. If they're not preaching the gospel, like if they believe in false ways of salvation, or like at a prosperity gospel church, they say they believe the true gospel, but they just emphasize everything else, this worldly benefits, I think you're really literally better not to go. You don't want to be seen to support something that will not lead people to the truth. So I think it's better in that sense if you just have a Bible study with your family or friends and maybe pray about trying to get a church started in that area. Mm-hmm. You may not want to go down this road, maybe too controversial, but I see a lot of that. I feel like um, a lot of people, particularly in my generation, have maybe been or experienced hurt in the local church. 
the affiliation of like, you know, the four walls and the way that the structure of the service and the music and things like that, like it can sometimes be painful. What's the dangers in kind of pulling out of the authority of the local church? What's the danger of pulling away from that and moving towards like a format that is maybe more friendship based, kind of like a community group, but that's what you're calling your church? Uh, again, that's a good question, Hunter. I, I think that a church can meet in a house, so I want to be very careful here. Yeah. You don't have to have what we call a church building in order to have a church. A church is the people. So a church can happen in someone's liver, living room, but it would need to be a regular commitment to meet regularly, You know, uh, presumably on the Lord's Day, to have preaching, to have baptism, to have the Lord's Supper. And if you're not doing those things, then you're beginning to fall beneath the definition of a church or just something else you're another kind of occasional meeting of some Christians together. So I, I think you, you need to assume that Christ loves his church. When we see in First Corinthians, we see Ephesians, we see in Romans, he mentions gifts that he gives his church. He gives those gifts exactly because he loves the sheep for whom he died. He wants to see them built up. So he gives elders and teachers to churches exactly to bless people. So I think there's, there's no reason you would try to live the Christian life apart from the blessing of Christian teaching by the very people that God, by his spirit, has given to teach his people. So you just, you wouldn't want to do that. You'd, you'd want to go to a place where there is the evident work of God's spirit, mm-hmm. giving gifts of people who understand the word well and can teach it well, and that encourages you in your own walk with the Lord. I, I would just refer the version to Hebrews ten nineteen to 25. Mm-hmm. Just reread those verses and see uh, instruction that the Lord has in there for us. For sure. Don't give up the habit of meeting together. How yeah. can we how can we do it? Like how can we continue to do that when it feels like really, really hard? Like I think this sounds great and and you know it it, uh, it it certainly makes sense to me. It's been the practice of my life, but I know for sure there are seasons when going to church, particularly when I don't organically connect with maybe the people that we are meeting together with on a Sunday morning, or maybe the style of, you know, the service doesn't like resonate like it, like it has for me in past churches, or maybe it's just a season that's been really difficult for me on a personal level. And I just don't feel known or heard, or there's conflict in the church. Like how can we joyfully pursue involvement in the local church with our brothers and sisters, even when it feels really stinking hard. Yeah. Well, you just set it up there. You know, can you have joy when circumstances are hard? I think of the Lord Jesus in Hebrews 12, you know, Mm -hmm. he endured the cross for the joy set before him. So Mm -hmm. that joy wasn't the cross itself. It was what he knew would be the restored fellowship with his father. Yeah. So I think, when you have hard situations at church, and yet it's a true church, and, and maybe even is a healthy church or could be a healthy church, but it's mm-hmm. a true church, then I think those hard circumstances are actually special platforms mm. for you to use to display the superiority of God and his gifts of even of trials to his children in order to show that he is better than comfortable circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, when Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, it has to mean something. You know, we, we may not literally be crucified, but there may be other ways that we will find our flesh uh, being put to death as we pursue Jesus. We will have to leave behind some of our preferences. Uh-huh. That is for sure. <laughs> I think that's one thing that I have learned just embarking upon this endeavor myself and having moved like four to five times in the last seven years with Brooks. It's just, you know, it's interesting. We come to the table with a lot of expectations and... 
I will say that a lot of my expectations have gone unmet and yet expectations that I didn't know I should have had have been met. And the Lord has been so kind as to use the circumstances to just continue to draw me to himself and to refine me and to, to, you know, mature me as a believer. And I'm so thankful. So one of the things at one of the churches that we attended in Georgia, actually, I'm probably going to text my pastor and tell him like, I just talked to Mark Dever because I'm pretty sure he'll be like, what? But Brad Evangelista, he's been on the podcast before. I love Brad Evangelista. He's a great pastor. (laughs) He's one of my favorite guys in the whole planet. But yeah, he, um, he always encourages military members because that's a church that's in a military context to become members, even though that's also to top it off, that's a training post. So a lot of times people would just be there for anywhere from six months to one year. And he encouraged us to pursue membership in the church, despite the brevity of the time that we spent in Columbus, Georgia. So what is the importance of us submitting ourselves to a local church through membership, like in that way? Well, membership is how you formally join a church. It's how you get formally examined. So like, you know, you go to the doctor to have your physical, well, you go to your pastor to have your spiritual, to have somebody check on you and see, are you alive? Do you have good signs of life? Is there anything that's concerning that you should know about? That's what the local church does. Could you just describe like what might that process look like in a healthy church? Yeah, for us, we uh, have people go through membership interviews, uh, membership uh, classes. Right. They do six uh, classes during our Sunday school hour on Sunday morning. Uh, and once they've been through all six of those, if they like what they're hearing about what we believe and how we live and how we do things as a church, uh-huh. then they just contact the church office and they ask for a membership interview. Uh, in the membership interview, uh, they'll meet with at least one elder. They'll uh-huh. ask their history of their lives, especially their testimony with Christ their understanding of the gospel, some other basic questions like that, then that elder will go and represent that person to the eldership when the elders meet again. And then depending on whatever questions the elders have, if the elders affirm it, then they will take that to the members meeting. And uh, again, the testimony will be represented to the members of the church. And then the members will vote on whether or not to take that person into membership. And by the time the elders bring somebody's name to the membership, the membership is always going to vote yes. Or else if there's some obvious reason they're not going to take them, the elders wouldn't have brought them to them. Uh-huh. Why should we strive to be healthy members of healthy churches? We're talking a lot about like, let's find a healthy church, but can we just talk for a second about like, why should we be healthy members of a, of a local church? Like what's the end purpose? Well, you're not the world expert on you. And uh, we, we all think we are. We think we're the world expert on ourselves. And I think what scripture says in, in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, examine yourself to see if you be in the faith. Hmm. We have to examine to see if we're Christians. Mm-hmm. Words, we can fool ourselves. We can deceive ourselves. The nature of sin is that it's deceitful. A community, a committed community of people around us who have the same understanding of the gospel, mm-hmm. of God, of his word, are the way you kind of throw paint on the invisible man. It's the way you become morally visible to yourself. Mm. Does that make sense? One of my mentors called it like a room full of mirrors. Like you're able to see all these blind spots that you never knew you had. Or like these hairs that are popping out that you're like, that's not supposed to be there. And even if you can't see them, Hunter, your friends there could see them because they have have a biblical understanding of the gospel. And in their love, they will speak to you about those things. Yes. Yes. What a help. Okay. So 
I hope everybody is just like jazzed to get out there and try a church on Sunday morning if they're not a member somewhere yet, or maybe to pursue being a healthy member of the church in the way that you just described that they're already a part of. They can go to the website, ninemarks.org. We, we have a church search map on there where you can uh, just type yes. in your zip code and see if there are any churches that have placed themselves. We haven't examined all these churches, but at least they've placed themselves there saying they agree with these marks of right. a healthy church and they intend to to have these marks in their own church and see if you can find a church near you to go to. Such a helpful tool. We have that linked on our website. Um, of course, we'll have your book and everything linked in the show notes of this episode. Are there any other resources that have been particularly helpful for you, uh, Dr. Dever? You told me to call you Mark. <laughs> As you've just been kind of like thinking through this over the last, I guess, 25 years. Uh, there are lots of uh, books that are helpful for me as a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love anything by Spurgeon, mm-hmm. uh, his, his devotionals, his sermons. Uh, I love the book of Puritan prayers that Banner Truth publishes called Valley of Vision. Me too. Uh, that's just awesome. Uh, another book that Banner publishes called The Christian Ministry by Charles Bridges tells the pastor what his job is pretty well, I think. Cool. So, yeah, there have been a, a lot of good resources. That's awesome. We'll be sure to link to those in the show notes and If you will indulge me, this is, as you remember, the Journey Women podcast. So I must say we haven't had a ton of guys on the show, um, and it's a bit of a girly question, but so that the listeners can get to know you a little bit better, could you tell me (laughs) what are three of your simple joys? Yeah, very typical kind of ones. I love my wife, my two kids. We have one granddaughter, Penny. who lives in Scotland, but she's going to be visiting here on Monday. So we're super excited about seeing her. We haven't seen her in a few months. How old is she? She's just about to be three. Oh, precious. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, I like reading. I love reading, especially history. Um, I'm super interested in people. So I could start asking you about, you know, okay, what's your maiden name? Okay, your husband's name is B-Less. Is that like it's supposed to be more? I mean, how on earth did that name happen? So people are very interesting to me. I love architecture. I might watch YouTubes of the evening news and then of, uh, of architecture uh, at, uh, late at night. Yeah. That is so great. I'm becoming a bit of a history buff just as, as a means by which to try and understand a little bit more of the generations that have gone before us and have walked out their mm-hmm. faith. So... Journeywoman podcast was born because I was wanting to introduce people to men and women who have influenced my own journey with Jesus. And I would just love to hear from you, someone who's influenced my journey, who's had the greatest impact on your own journey with Jesus, Pastor Mark? Uh, I think growing up in a really good church, probably my pastor, just hearing him preach the word every Sunday. Uh, I think uh, once I became a Christian as a teenager— I think that was hugely important to me. And then I had another good pastor when I was in college. Uh, so I would say, I, by God's grace, I had some pastors who were very, very helpful to me. That's amazing. Have you always wanted to be a pastor? Or is that something that you felt called to from a younger age? Not really. I wanted to be an architect, and then I wanted to be a lawyer and a politician. And uh, I was going to be a professor. That's why I got you know all my degrees that I got. And it wasn't until this church came along, and my wife and I prayed about this particular church, Hmm. that we decided to come here and do this. So no, I, th- I think I'm too like sarcastic to be a pastor. <laughs> I think, I think I, I'd be better placed as a professor, but the Lord seems to want me here and I'm, I'm honored and humbled and love doing it. 
Oh, that's wonderful. Well, we certainly appreciate your time today on the Journey Women Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. And I hope everybody's encouraged to seek membership in a healthy church wherever they're at. Guys, thanks for listening. Hey, if you want more information on Mark Dever, Nine Marks, or how to find a healthy church, you can find all the stuff you need over in the show notes at journeywomenpodcast.com. If you've been enjoying these conversations on the church, we would love it if you take time to leave us a review on iTunes. S.M. Stark said, I'm thankful for this podcast that points me to Jesus. Thanks for that short, sweet review, S.M. Stark. That is 100% our heart behind the Journey Women podcast. Not only do we read every single review, but they really help other people track down Journey Women as a resource on iTunes. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that for us. If you want to connect with us on the topic of the church this week, head over to at Journey Women Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. So you'll know this episode was edited by Chris Mann and the Pod Shaper team. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode on unity in the church with Elizabeth Woodson. Hey, it's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week. Oh,